I made a quesadilla last night out of a, out of mm. one tortilla, uh, some sliced cheese, and whatever we had left over, for, like meat wise. So I have no idea. Like it tasted delicious. I don't know how I did it, but like okay. I don't know. <laughs> I do that with uh, I do that with rotisserie chicken. I get rotisserie chicken and I like like rip it all off and then I put it in a quesadilla and it's it's just it's like I'm a chef. Gordon Ramsay would be proud. <laughs> that does sound pretty good, man. I it I is. haven't made. I mean, I haven't made a quesadilla in a while. Uh, I mean, my latest thing I've done that's like that. I guess is uh, you put a big a do a half like chunk of spam bacon edition, and then you, I, I grill that up and I put it between two slices of cheese and bread. So, dude, you are literally my dad. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome, everybody, to another edition of Football for All. I am your host, Zach Kyleman. We are back once again with the dynamic trio, the legends, uh, me, Tony Samuelson, and Michael Grimbo Grimberg, here for an NFL free agency edition for all of you quarantined folks out there that need something to talk about. Uh, because trust me, we're going nuts. We just had a little talk about that before we jumped on the podcast. Um and I, I definitely am glad I'm doing this because I need something to do besides, well, looking at nothing that is non-sports related. Uh, Tony, uh, you could kick me off. How you been? I mean, we, we had a little, little discussion on uh, what you're doing at the office, right? Or what is the office now? Yeah. Uh, again, thanks for having us back on, Zach. Always fun. Um <laughs> I am working from home right now. Luckily, I still um, am fortunate enough to have a job that allows me to work from home. You know, I'm not going to discount that blessing, but uh, it's very, very weird because I wake up, go to my work computer, do work, do a couple meetings that reoccur every day, and then just try to do stuff around the house. It's really weird not being able to really go anywhere besides for the essentials mm. i feel you i feel you i'm i cannot relate i am considered an essential employee uh, i actually had to get a letter that said from the uh it was like from the from like the national like uh security like security commission or whatever it was the we have to carry these letters to go to our job is all i'm trying to say otherwise uh <laughs> People might not get happy for us being outside. Uh, Michael, how are you doing? Uh, are you working from home? Are you an essential employee? What's your status? I guess you could uh, count me in as the essential employee as all the memes on Facebook and all social media platforms, really. Um, yeah, I'm still working at the hospital um, whenever I'm uh, scheduled to work there. Um yeah, the count's been really low there. A lot of uh, sending people home so they could be quarantined and all that. It's been a wild scene at my workplace. But other than that, uh, everything's going pretty good so far. Um, been itching to talk some sports and been uh, looking forward to our podcasts. 
Well, that's good to hear. And I'm glad you're doing well. Um, especially like I said, your scenario, I mean, I mean, you're in the more of the medical system. So, I mean, that's, uh, that's a unique situation that honestly, I'm not, not trying to sound like I'm diverting, but that would be a whole podcast in itself. I'd love to talk to you about at some point. Right. Yeah, it is. It's definitely different. I've never seen anything like it. And, uh, um, shout out to all the people who are in the, the healthcare field and what they do every day. They, it's not taken for granted and all that. So, but yeah, it's definitely different. It's not, yeah, it sounds like it is. And you know what I, I will, I'll probably talk to you at a point about this. Cause that's, that's a good one, but for the time being, let's give everybody a little bit of a, you know, a pleasant distraction. If we say from what our reality is and get into some football, luckily the NFL, was able to do free agency. There's other aspects right now that they're talking about moving, actually, including the draft. Uh, they might. Uh, there's a rumor today I saw they might be making it a virtual draft where it'll just be, uh, you know, you probably broadcast it, but it's not in person, which would be a unique take on it. Yeah, that uh, would be. Yeah, I I don't know how that would work. I mean, they, they did I they did NASCAR i i racing. If you guys heard, uh, there was a video game version of NASCAR where they had all the drivers on these like video game PC rigs for the cars. They broadcast wow. like a race, so maybe they can do the oh. draft that way. I'm not, I'm not check it out. It, it was so weird. I saw some of the highlights. Yeah. It's strange, but it worked out. To. Yeah. Um, but to get into this, uh, I gave you guys a rundown of what we're doing today and I gave everyone else a rundown just a little bit ago as of this recording. Uh, so let's get into it. Free agency, pretty hectic. Some have said one of the most hectic free agent periods as of, uh, this past, well, now the new decade, but as of this past decade from the 2010s. And, well, we're just going to get into our teams to start. Um, either you two, you're welcome to start. I mean, Atlanta and Dallas both had, I would say, you know, either for either mixed to positive free agent rankings, from my opinion. So either one of you want to go and dive in first, be my guest. Go ahead, Mike. Okay. So, um, we obviously had, as a team, a lot of um, issues with the uh, salary cap. Um, we had to release a number of uh, key players from previous drafts, like, uh, for instance, um, Desmond Trufant and Vic Beasley, among some of them, and... Uh, Devonte Freeman as well, mm-hmm. and uh, it's not easy parting with those types of players who have been on the team uh, since the very beginning, really. Um, especially through the um, Super Bowl year that we went. Um, but change is good in the NFL, and I'm happy to see the moves that they have made and the cap space that they've made. Um, uh, one of the first ones that they, uh, that Thomas Dimitrov really, actually, he's actually somehow making good trades, I, good trades and signs, which is like mind blowing to me, but that's neither here nor there. Um, but uh, the first one that I'll touch on is uh, Dante Fowler Jr. Mm-hmm. Uh, he signed a three-year deal, uh, which is going to be close to 80 or not 80, $48 million, excuse me. And uh I really, I really do like this trade or sign, I should say. Sorry. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
he's replacing Vic Beasley, which is obviously a high need because he's gone. So I think him having such a productive year at um, in L.A. with the Rams, uh, he had 11 and a half sacks, which was his career high, which he picked a really good year to have a contract year to sign with the team. No kidding. Yeah, like perfect timing. Um, so he's replacing Vic Beasley. Um, he's going to be pairing up with Grady Jarrett and Tech McKinley. And um, there's a few rotation of guys, and hopefully they draft someone that could be a defensive tackle in there with Grady Jarrett. And hopefully they can finally rush the pat or rush the quarterback because that is just something we cannot do. Um, and um, I really do like this signing and it makes sense because of the obvious need of pass rush and uh, the connection with Dan Quinn, really um, he actually coached him back in Florida, uh, the university of Florida in 2012 and the familiarity is there and he knows how he works. And we were going to draft him back in uh, I believe it was 2015 or 16, but just didn't pan out, but here he is now. And uh, he's still young and he's still, like he always says, um, he's always at, always has something to prove. So, um, but yeah, I do, I do like that signing. It makes a lot of sense. And uh, yeah, so uh, moving on from Fowler um, was, I thought, a really underrated trade that the Falcons had was uh, with Hayden Hurst. Um, they acquired him from the Ravens um, along with a fourth round pick uh, for a 2020 second round pick, which was uh, I believe our, one of our second round picks that we acquired from trading Mohamed Sanu to new England. And mm-hmm. we sent a fifth rounder to them as well. And um, I, I do like this trade too. It, it makes sense. We obviously have a need for the tight end after losing Austin Hooper to the Cleveland Browns. Um, he, he just really wasn't able to shine in Baltimore because he had Mark Andrews and Nick Boyle who were there and they were producing and it was a Lamar Jackson show really. So um, it makes a lot of sense to come to Atlanta where there's a need and he has said it himself that he wants to be able to be in an offense where he's getting the ball and he's making plays and he's getting that opportunity. That's for sure. So, um, and I like that uh, he's coming in and he's, I think he's faster and he's a better blocking tight end than Austin Hooper is um, better in one-on-one coverage. Um, And, and it makes sense with our salary cap issue as well, because he's still under his rookie contract for the next two years and they have a third year option if he's performing well. So it's a nice little weapon for Matt Ryan and uh, best of luck to Austin Hooper, I guess. Right. Um, (laughs) That's all you can say. (laughs) Yeah. That's all you can really say. So, and I like it. So it makes, it makes all the sense in the world. And um, finally uh, the last signing that the Atlanta Falcons had was uh, signing Todd Gurley, which I I thought that they weren't going to do, but it makes all the sense in the world. I think um, it really, I, 
when I heard the reports that after he was released by the Rams, they were saying that it was either Atlanta or Miami. And I was like, I don't know why you would go to Miami. They just signed Jordan <laughs> Howard. It makes no sense. But here we are. He signs a one-year deal, $6 million. He's receiving a $7.5 million from the Rams. Uh, so that's there's like a $2.5 million offset in there. So he's actually getting paid $11 million to play in 2020. So he's still among the highest paid running backs in the league. Um, and he's still producing. He's, he's, uh, despite, despite all of his knee issues that he's had over the past few years, which is obviously a concern. Um, but he, last year he still produced, he had 857 yards and 12 touchdowns. Um, you can't really hate on him for that. I think everyone's just giving him a, um, hard bargain because of his, uh, his knees and uh and that's and that's fair and that's totally totally fair um but i think um i think he's got a good shot to um well one bring more fans in from georgia because that's where he went to college so and that 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 fan base is very passionate about their football and that's just going to bring in more fans to um mercedes-benz stadium and and root on the former bulldog. Mm-hmm. Um, it, I think it makes sense. I think it's a, it's a good deal for both sides with Gurley to prove himself for one year and he's still earning his money and Atlanta didn't have to break the bank for him, which was, which was really nice because we're such in a pickle with our salary cap issues. And it's, it's just a big replacement from Freeman who, did not produce last year. He had 656 yards for two touchdowns. And that's just, and that's relatively good health. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, I get, and you're at, that's a great point, honestly. And that's something I wanted to bring up here, you know, especially before we move on to Tony is, you know, Gurley signing to me was one that I was very much fascinated with, um, mainly for, just for 2019 it felt like he was in a way blackballed as a player for the arthritic knee issue that was being stemmed up that after 2018 and then you know you everyone's talking about his productions down well they also split carries last year they didn't he wasn't a number one back mm-hmm. and no one's figuring that into the statistics when you put him in there uh he probably gets a thousand yards if they don't split carries the way they did and mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's kind of a, to me silly how people have registered him as this down and out running back already. Yes. The arthritic knee is a big concern. He's 25 years old though. He's getting, he's going to get a $6 million deal with the Falcons and he already had better stats with a down year quote unquote at Los Angeles over Devonte Freeman. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm telling you what, that's a sneaky good pick. It's I didn't put it as one of my later ones for our under the radar segment, but I'm telling you right now, that one to me, and some people doubt me online, he's going to get, I think he gets a thousand yards this year and he gets back into his normal spot. I think that for some reason, the LA staff just did not want to give him the keys to the car like they did in 18. And I think that's mm-hmm. one of the biggest reasons that they hurt last year uh, compared to their Super Bowl run. So, um, yeah, yeah, I agree. It, 
I mean, time will tell with his knee and um, when, when and if he produces at that rate. But I, I don't see why it can't happen. Like, I mean, he did it last year. He still produced it with Jared Goff and all those receivers out in L.A. And now he's coming into an offense with with Julio and Calvin Ridley and um, now Hayden Hurst, too. So I don't see why it couldn't be obtainable in this 2020 season. Yeah. Nah. And I think it's the reason LA didn't give him the keys is they were kind of worried about him with the, those knee injuries. I think they were trying to err on the safe side, but at the same time, the dudes, like you said, Zach, he's 25 years old. Yeah. He's had some knee issues. I've also seen a guy who tore his ACL come back and win the MVP the next season, Adrian Peterson. So, mm-hmm. Anything can happen. You are absolutely right, Tony. That that's a that's a big one too. Is Adrian a lot of people when Adrian Peterson tore his ACL, they did not expect him to win an MVP his next season. So that was that was considered one of the most impressive comeback player of the year nominations ever in NFL history. And I would highly believe that Todd Gurley can reach the same apex that he has in years past. He's not been an MVP, but he certainly has had MVP caliber seasons before last year. Uh, He's definitely capable of getting back to that point, I think, with the right circumstances. It seems like Atlanta might just be that, because I don't really think you got much behind Gurley right now that can challenge, especially with Freeman now not being in the picture um, that I can tell. No, yeah, Ido Smith, he's... Still learning, still developing in my eyes. So, yeah, mm-hmm. Gurley's the number one there. And, I mean, Mike, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure Atlanta has just a little bit better of an offensive line than uh, the yeah. LA Rams. Yeah. yeah so I, he'll I get those that. He'll get those yards. Yeah, I think so. I think so, too. They got former first round. Well, they got a lot of first rounds on that offense now. Um they had Jake Matthews, and they have both their um, – well, they have uh, Alex Mack in there at center and both their first-round picks from last year, and um, they're still young and learning. And, I, I again, I, I just don't see a reason why he wouldn't be able to obtain at least 1,000 yards or if not just under that and a good amount of production, sharing the load with the other running backs – yeah, I yeah definitely. I, I'm curious how their relationship with Edo Smith will be if they do a committee, because I think mm-hmm. Gurley is definitely a better workhorse running back. Yes, the arthritic knee again, and I I know it sounds like I keep repeating that, which I do, but you know <laughs> everyone's going to bring it up. It's like it's almost like a buzz term when you talk about Todd Gurley at this point. You know, right, if there's right. a if there's a conversation with him on NFL Network or ESPN, the arthritic knee has to be brought into it now. Ever since that term was brought up during Super Bowl Fifty Two. And it's just never gone away. Um, I gotta, I gotta reconfirm, Michael. You so you really think Hayden Hurst will be an upgrade over Austin Hooper? Um, I th- I think so. Um, I think like like Tiger Early, I think time will tell. Um, but uh, I mean, he produced at uh, South Carolina in college. So I and he for the most part when he got his shot with the Ravens um, before Mark Andrews and. Uh, Nick Boyle were in the picture. He ended up producing. So, um, 
not a heavy workload for him, but I think he'll I think he'll be a solid um run blocking tight end, um, especially with Tiger Lee in the mix too. But I think when when we get in the red zone, I think he's gonna be a good target to have. Um and Matt Ryan loves his tight ends, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can definitely tell that with Austin Hooper and Tony Gonzalez. Everyone yep. mm-hmm. got to remember him. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he, oh, yeah. yeah. So he definitely loves his tight ends. That's it. That is hands down. So, yeah, Hayden Hurst probably should get some production. I'm just curious because, I mean, you know, I didn't I didn't completely see that one coming, but, yeah, you know, either. It, it was a quick it's a quick switch to fill that void. So not not a bad job, especially if they're using that uh, pick from New England last year. that mm-hmm. They'll be uh, be u- utilizing much better now, I think. Definitely. Uh, Not bad. So, Michael, uh, good synopsis of Atlanta. Definitely some changes out there, and, you know, they are cap-locked like you're mentioning, but Mm -hmm. it looks like they're making the best of a a somewhat bad situation out in Atlanta. Uh, Tony, you and me, we have one link from free agency that matches for us. Uh, I'll let you explain that. But um, what what do you got, man? Tony, I'll tell you, your your Dallas Cowboys have a lot of money flying around, and I mean (laughs) – A lot of money. (laughs) There's a lot of cash going out there. Uh, you got one of those big, big tickets on the list that's locked up long term. I heard today, uh, as of this recording, that the other one, the QB, is finally getting another talk into into extensions. So I'll let you go ahead. What what all went down, man? You get a lot of moving parts in Dallas. Yeah, absolutely. So I mean. The great part is, is uh, I don't know if they were listening to the podcast here, Zach, but they tend to have, seem to have listened to me um, when I said to uh, tag Dak and sign Amari. Um, did that. So I was really shocked that we took the intelligent route on it because sometimes we normally try to overpay a quarterback and then let a wide receiver go off away. I mean, just one example would be, I don't know, Tony Romo and Des Bryant. But, you know, mm-hmm. hey. What do I know, right? <laughs> yeah, what do you know? <laughs> right. <laughs> um, but other than that, there's been a lot of money still being thrown around. Uh, my biggest question mark has been, uh, we just signed Gerald McCoy for $18 million, um, which can, with incentives, can get him up to $20 million. And like, I know we needed a couple interior lineman guys on the defensive side because you can't replace Malik Collins who left and went to uh, Las Vegas. Yeah. That's, that's tough. He, he was having a career year last year. That's, but Gerald McCoy at 32 years old, you sign him instead of say, like, I don't know, Shelby Harris, who's four years younger and had a breakout season last year. Mm-hmm. Who's a free agent. I don't know. Kind of like the young, the young guys on my defensive line. Um, and then as of, I think, I don't know if it's been official official yet, but the sign to Antari Poe, it's kind of been rumored that he's been doing it. Um, so, so kind of bring up that little uh, thing that they're eyeing. They're agreeing to terms as of eight hours ago. Uh, let's see. Uh, it's not giving me the actual no, money-wise. Right. Uh, I got yeah, it right here, yeah. yeah. So by the boys. Yeah, so that's great. Young, young again, twenty-eight year old. You know, tw- how old is he now? Man, I I had it all up here too. Um, <laughs> yeah, he's a uh, twenty-nine. Twenty-nine, yeah. twenty-nine. So you get a twenty-nine-year-old on one side, and then you get a thirty-two-year-old on the other. Which, granted, they're big boys. Don't get me wrong; they're gonna be hard to run against. But I want the guy who had a breakout year, who's you know that 
that 28 to kind of find his niche. Um, but you know, I, I it's it's going to be tough because our defensive line. Yes, we got we got Tank on the outside. We got Dentari Poe. We've got Jerry McCoy. But we lost Robert Quinn to free agency, and he went to, as you know, Zach, the good old Chicago Bears. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I got yeah. some words on that in a little bit, but yep. And uh, <laughs> I'm assuming that's the link you mean in free agency between our that, two teams. Yep. You, you nailed it right in the head. That, that's there, a good one. <laughs> there is a second link though, too. There is the haha Quentin Dick signing. That, that is the other one, and you are absolutely right. Yes, I I love. Quentin Dix, I'm hoping he can have a better year in Dallas. Uh, we definitely needed more of a veteran presence after Byron Jones went to Miami, um, which that really hurt to see go because he went from a contending team to Miami. Yeah. Um, so that kind of hurt, especially because I've got the jersey hanging up in my closet. Um, so I don't know if I can pull that out anytime soon. Oh, uh, that's too bad. Yeah, right. Um, and then, <laughs> I mean, I mean, I'm, I'm not gonna put out anytime soon, regardless, because football season's still, you know, a few months away. But at the same time, you know, it's always good to switch up the jerseys that you wear on game days. Um, and then we we really focused on defense this in free agency and re-signing the guys, which I was actually kind of shocked about. Um, because normally we try to spend so much time on our offense or our offensive line that we kind of let our secondary go or like our linebacker just kind of fall to the wayside and then we get burned during the season. Mm -hmm. But we re-signed Anthony Brown to three years. Uh, Love the guy. Great corner, great slot corner too. Especially after his first season, he kind of really stepped into his own. Um, Re-signed Justin March and Joe Thomas as linebackers to keep that depth while Van Der Esch gets healthy. Um, And then to save our tight end situation, we actually decided to keep uh, Blake Jarwin on for another three years. So, um, Overall, I'm a little happy with how we did it just because of how we decided to focus on areas we needed more. But we still got a few areas that, you know, we kind of need to to look at. I mean, draft-wise, we still need secondary help. We still need that defensive line. Um, would love some more lineback- young linebacker depth just because, you know, Joe Thomas is up there, Sean Lee's up there. Mm-hmm. Just And we need an edge rusher just to kind of – solidify that defensive line but overall um lost a lot of guys to free agency too jeff heath went to las vegas jason winton went to las vegas um it's been very interesting offseason to see people actually leave uh cowboys and go to these other teams especially teams i didn't think had that much cast space to sign people yeah i mean sometimes you that's the thing you get with free agency though is sometimes you get teams that they overpay what they can and you know i i do want to ask about one particular contract because the one that you guys that i would say the biggest one you i think you got that got away was byron jones in my opinion mm-hmm. uh do you really do you believe that his contract he signed with miami is all that it's worth because he signed i believe NFL rec NFL record for corners. Yeah. It, it's up there. I mean, it's the largest guaranteed for a defensive back, uh, according to some sites. It's the actually once uh, Darius Slay went to the Eagles, uh, he Byron Jones is reign as the top signing. Ended up going like as being the highest paid. Oh, went, that's right. Went to the that's, wayside, but yeah. it. I mean, Byron Jones is a great is a great cornerback. You know, I've loved him since he stepped since we drafted him. Um, Eighty-two million and a half dollars 
million dollar contract over five years, forty six million guaranteed at the time of signing. Um, you know, I personally, as as a as a cowboy guy, you know, I loved what he brought to the table. He got burned a couple of times, which you know were kind of glaring to me. Um, but he always. He never kind of hung his head. He kind of just got back up and then came back at you the next the next rep. He was very very uh, he had a short memory, which is what you love to see in a cornerback. Very good point, and yeah, definitely a high highly uh, anticipated and uh, highly recognized stat for any good defensive back. Um, and he's he actually is going to the most expensive secondary in the NFL because Xavier Howard over there in Miami also got a massive deal the year prior and there it should be a good setup in Miami I think for both of them um but obviously the, the Miami loved spending money this offseason they had plenty of cash of course but um yeah I I, I didn't I didn't think Dallas was going to get him I just couldn't believe how much he pulled because up until free agency I didn't even hear much about Byron Jones but maybe that's just me being ignorant I I think it was just mainly because he wasn't that flashy type of guy he wasn't going to pick you off every time you threw his way um yeah i think he had maybe two total interceptions in his career so far um but that's kind of the mark of a good cornerback is that people aren't then afraid to throw people are then afraid to throw at you because if you're locking down the receiver you're not going to have balls thrown your way you're not going to have those opportunities to intercept passes good point yeah pass breakups i don't think are as also uh, sec as a quote unquote sexy term as interceptions, and I think that's something that's looked over a lot too. So, you know, if you're able to defend, pa- if you're able to get the defended passes stat up pretty high, I think that's also something that gets you the big bucks in the NFL. So, uh, good good sign for Jones though. Um, so you so you obviously like you obviously like that Amari got his deal before Dak. Uh, now to as of today when we're talking now. Um, there's been new discussion that the Cowboys and Prescott are back to talking extension again. So what is the ballpark for you that you would like to see a per year extension? Cause we've been hearing that Dak wants upwards 40 mil and the Cowboys have offered somewhere in the ballpark of like 33 to 35 million. Ah, uh, see, that's where I'm, I'm conflicted. I, I want him to kind of show out this year that last year wasn't, you know, that, fluke or that anomaly in his in his career he's gradually he's gotten better throughout his playing career but he to me i don't see him as a 40 million a year guy just yet um and i really want to see that you know prove it year kind of like kind of like that girly year like for him just make it like show us that you can that you can consistently do this and you know i'm thinking the dallas jerry's usually not well, sometimes he's cheap with his money, depending on who it is. But usually with quarterbacks, he's usually not. But if he's even, if they're five million dollars apart, that's that's gonna be tough to overcome. So I think the personnel is kind of taking that same approach of, all right, we tagged you. We'll keep talking about this. We'll keep having discussions. I don't see them having a deal done by the first game of the season. To be honest with you, I okay. think it's just for format formality at this point, just so that they can keep those those conversations talking. Because if you don't have those conversations now then when you try to pull them up in september october november it's going to be a lot harder so this way you kind of have where you know both teams could be miles apart and throughout the once they get closer and closer to getting actually getting that deal done they can kind of start moving 
you know, kind of given in on each side. Yeah, I'm really going to be looking at that storyline all year because if they can't get something done this year, the tag increases next year. So mm-hmm. you tag him again, or do you, or or does he hit the free agent market and go somewhere that has a lot of money? Which who knows? That might be possible. I just uh, that's going to be unique, and they already have tried a whole over a year of talking negotiations at this point. So, um. I don't know. I don't see an end in sight, and I I agree with you. I don't think week one they'll have a deal, so they'll just keep on having that as a you know we're talking type of moment right now. Yeah, and it's something to give the guys and ESPN and all that kind of just things to talk about and you know debate amongst themselves whether or not he deserves forty million a year again, and, and kind of it just gives them that that material. So I'm I don't know. I I'm hoping we can keep Zach. I do like what he brings to the table. I would like them to see more of the RPOs, um, but we'll see what Mike McCarthy decides to bring in. Yeah, and that's another twist to this whole thing is you do have Mike McCarthy coming in as your coach this year. You don't have Jason Garrett anymore. I mean, Dak also almost proves 5,000 yards this season in Garrett's offense, which or actually, well, Kellen Moore's offense, really, but, you know, overall i mean i would think that still can continue so that's another spin to that yeah especially because i from what i've seen is that mike mccarthy's planning on keeping kellen Moore, so the offense isn't going to change too much yes i you yeah i did hear about that as well that's a good point and i mean i i like i thought kellen moore's offense overall was fine i just think they weren't optimistic enough i don't know about you but i was shocked he did so well like i like consistent third string quarterback just has the mind of a fan of a decent coach and i i was a little shocked because i was putting his playing career up against you know his football knowledge and I, that was wrong with me but i it's i'm i was just a little shocked happily shocked as i imagine yeah i mean even with even with finishing eight and eight you know that was definitely the best year that dak prescott's had in the nfl so uh, Absolutely. Very well put together. And it definitely looks like the Cowboys offense can be back to its three headed monster phase that it had. Well, it definitely looks like it is now as Cooper takes the role of Des Bryant. So uh, really, Tony, really. I good. wonder, I wonder um, how that, how, how Dak is going to do with the recent retiring of Travis Frederick. Yes. I forgot about that. Um, yeah. That's, it's always tough to replace a guy as good as Travis Frederick, especially a uh, guy's 29 years old, uh, mm-hmm. you know, didn't play a lot due to his autoimmune disease. Um, it's going to be tough to really replace part of what, well, arguably one of the best lines in football. Um, right. It, it'll be, it'll be interesting for sure. Um, I mean, I b- believe Travis Frederick was out most of last season. If I'm remembering correctly. I, I believe you are correct. Um, and so with that, I mean, he still did well. Um, I think he does better with, with, when Travis was in there, but I think right. it'll be an adjustment for him. Um, but and hopefully, you know, as a fan, he can do that. Uh, it's going to be an interesting season, that's for sure. Fair enough. Um, well, that is quite an impressive free agent wrap-up from both of you guys. Um Definitely, like I said, a lot of both your teams had quite the uh, news articles. Uh, the Chicago had only minor stuff, if I'm going to be honest. And I'm going to try and breeze through this a little bit, not, not mainly because part of, part of uh, 
part of mine is because Chicago's is really is really disappointing free agent hall. So some of these picks might be all in our later segments. So uh, just to get things going, uh, Chicago had some cap concerns. They were closer, more locked into cap. Uh, so they needed to shed some things in the offseason. Uh, their two big losses were Prince of Mukamara and Taylor Gabriel, mainly because they were cap losses. And it was to help clear up room for some signings that either I was okay or liking to why the hell did they even do that in the first place? So, uh, so yeah, they lost to Mukamara and Gabriel. They also lost Nick Kwiatkowski to free agency to the Raiders, which I was very disappointed in them letting him go. Uh, they also lost Nick Williams, which is an under underrated loss, in my opinion, at defensive tackle to the Lions. And then Chase Daniel, who I could care less if he's <laughs> gone now, went to the Lions as well. Look, they needed a new quarterback in the ba- in the backfield behind Trubisky, so it's fine that he moved on. He was a good guy, but you know, it's fine that he moved on to Detroit. However, if we look at what Chicago gained, I don't really know if I am happy with who's behind Trubisky or even ahead of him at this point. So the Bears picked up Robert Quinn, as you mentioned, Tony, and I like the signing. 11 and a half sacks. He had rejuvenated year last year in 14 games. Uh, the guarantees were only 30 million for five years, 70 million with incentives. So they're really expecting him to turn out to get his money. And I think that was what they needed to do because before he signed with Dallas, he had been kind of, he had, let's say subpar in Miami at times. So it's definitely, it's like, it's a five-year deal. That's got a lot of stake in numbers behind it that I think I'm okay with. Jimmy Graham's a wasted signing hands down. I don't know why they picked them up. I, I think that the money could have easily been used elsewhere in free agency. Uh, he's an upgrade, but he's a shell of himself. And I think Ryan Pace got desperate and just saw that as an opportunity. I mean, if you want a pass-catching tight end, yes, Ebron's had drop issues, but Eric Ebron's younger and probably would be as dynamic in the red zone as Jimmy Graham and could also get a re-signing and extension later on. So I I thought that was a wasted money. I also, some of the underneath signings before I get to Nick Foles, uh, Trey Roberson from the CFL, the considered the best cornerback in the league. I thought that was underrated, and I'm looking to see how he performs this offseason. They're considering that he may replace Prince of Mukamara. Uh, he's kind of a ball-hawking cornerback, so I'm looking forward to that. They also picked up cornerback Artie Burns, a one-year deal from Pittsburgh. Okay, fine, that's a depth position. Uh, Demetrius Harris, there's another tight end, but that's a depth position, so you know it's all right. And uh, well, that's and they also got Precarvius Mingo yesterday. Again, death position. It's okay. He's been hopping around the league. Not a big deal. Now, the one I got to talk about is Nick Foles. And uh, I didn't like it. I didn't care for this one at all. Um, I know they need a quarterback, but why Nick Foles? You know, I, I know he's won a Super Bowl and that he knows the offense the best, but like, to me, he's a comforting signing for Mitch Trubisky. And you wanted to get rid of Chase Daniel because he was too comfortable as a backup. I also feel the Bears took on too much money with Nick Foles, even though they made a deal with Jacksonville to split up that contract. You know, I didn't think it was worth giving a fourth round draft pick to Jacksonville for that money. And I don't know how well Nick Foles even perform, even if he's the starter. I mean, maybe he'll be marginally better behind center, but I don't really see him as much of an upgrade. I think that if you wanted to challenge 
Mitch, you could have gone out and gotten Cam Newton. You could have gone out and gotten, an, well, even, I don't know about Andy Dalton, but like even like Jameis Winston, I would have been kind of like curious because at least Winston threw for 5,000 yards. The interceptions would have drove me mad, but mm-hmm. <laughs> at least at least the Bears have a defense, unlike Tampa at times, that could hold back the onslaught of possible turnovers. And I think that Winston also would have been able to run more been or been more confident in his passes than Mitch's because Mitch to me is is definitely not a confident passer right now and I just don't like Nick Foles and it just you know he, he won a Super Bowl and I, I think it's one of the best Super Bowl performances by a quarterback in Super Bowl 51 but I could care less for this trade and I thought it was a big waste of time so that's all I got you know I don't I don't know you, you open the floor for discussion I'm good to answer any questions yeah, I'm with you yeah. on the whole Nick Foles thing, man. I didn't think he was worth the money that Jackson was putting out with him for him anyways when he signed with them. And then coming to Chicago, like, yeah, he knows the offense. Yeah, he's been in a Super Bowl. Okay. But I watched the guy be a backup for how many years in uh, Philadelphia? Yeah. Like, okay. He might give a slight competition in camp, but at the end of the day, we know that Trubisky's probably going to end up winning that starting spot. Yeah, at this point, they want him so badly to prove people wrong in Chicago, but they've tarnished his reputation so much, and he has himself. Just talking about confidence last year, making him sound like he can't take the heat, and now it's pretty much about we're trying to challenge him, but... If you really wanted to challenge him, you know, and shake up him having a chance, you would have brought somebody else in. So I think this is the final move to see if he can actually stay in the job, even with a favorable signing like this. It's it's not good. You know, I I think Chicago kind of moved uh, with the exception of Robert Quinn. People, some analysts don't like this pickup. I actually do. I think that he's a better he's definitely a better edge rusher than Leonard Floyd. They need edge rushing help because all you're going to do is if no one is able to rush from the opposite side that Mac's on, they're just going to queue in on Khalil Mack. That's what happened last year. Mm-hmm. Mack, did, Mack had a down year because they would just constantly either chip at him or double team him so that he could have no production. Mm-hmm. You need to have somebody that can bring the pressure. Robert Quinn, definitely able to do that. Now, is he going to be the 2019 Dallas Cowboys Robert Quinn or the Robert Quinn that was traded away from St. Louis before they became the Los Angeles Rams and was a dud in Miami for several years. I don't know, but we'll find out. And, you know, I, that's all I can really say about him is, you know, I like the sack numbers, but I got to make sure and see that he's going to be doing that same consistent production next year. He is only 29. He's going into age 30. So him and Mac are on the same kind of youth scale right now because Mac's also going to be turning 30 here not this year but next i believe so we'll find out i i really hope that it works out for them but you know that's really the bright the bright spot from the rest of this i also should mention that the bears did re-sign danny trevathan and i thought that was a mistake i thought nick kukowski deserved that money trevathan has the more proven track record however Kukowski stepped in seemed to be better than trevathan last year trevathan has injury issues in his career He's also three years older than Nick Kwiatkowski, and the Bears could have easily paid Kwiatkowski that same money that L.A. did and got a better deal, which would have helped with the cap. 
So I did not think it was worth the money as well. Uh, that's about it for me. Uh, and then I, yeah, that's about it. Um, one particular move I got to bring up to you guys, and just because it made so much news, and I'm finally glad that it's over with talking about, is where the hell was Tampa, or wow, where the hell was Tom Brady going to go <laughs> this off season? Because no, it was it was everywhere. Everyone wanted to know where's Tom Brady landing. Is he going to go back with Bill Belichick yeah. and work it out, or is he going to go to the Chargers and help the Chargers sell some tickets in Los Angeles, you know, because that was really what was all going to happen if he goes there. But no, no, he goes to Tampa Bay, uh, which to me, he it seemed like he, that Tampa Bay came in late into the process because uh, early on it was Las Vegas and Los Angeles, the Chargers, that is, that were the top two teams. And here's Tampa Bay. They're winning a deal for him for two years, $50 million, and they have a lot of offensive weapons on that team. And they also have a lot of interest now from free agents, according to the sources such as Ian Rappaport, Adam Schefter and company. Um, I want to get from you guys. Uh, do you like the signing and do you expect Tampa to possibly win the South and be one of the marquee NFC teams this year? Go ahead, Tony. All right. Um, so I do like the signing just because, uh, Winston did well last year, 30-30, but at the same time, they needed somebody who was going to actually put the ball on the money for his receivers. Um, and it makes sense for the city of Tampa and, you know, the the team, because like you said, they're getting more interest. And, I mean, who wouldn't want to catch a pass from Tom Brady? Who wouldn't want to be on Tom Brady's team? Like, he's arguably one of the best quarterbacks to ever play the game, if not the best. Yeah. Um, but... Um, Man, I lost my train of thought. <laughs> I, I, who buffering? Oh, well, yes. get on the yes. track. <laughs> I, I got it. I got it. Okay, so because I was thinking about your second question, um, do I think that they're going to win the South? My answer is no, just because the NFC South is going to be the toughest division this year, and you can take that one to the bank. You have. Tom Brady, you have Drew Brees, you have Matt Ryan, and then you even have Carolina with Teddy Bridgewater, who might be a surprise. It's going to be competitive all the way around, and it's going to be so much fun to watch. Maybe not so much for Mike, but for the rest we'll of see. us football fans. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll touch on that after you're done. <laughs> uh, go, take, it, take it away there, Mike. Go right ahead. Floor right, is yours. Right. Uh, yeah. Um, I, thought, I really thought he was going to go to uh, L.A. Chargers. Um, or at least out West, um, to try to, I don't know, bring in fans to the chargers or the Raiders to Las Vegas, but he decided to stay on the East coast and, uh, yeah, he's definitely going to be an upgrade from Jameis Winston. Um, considering Jameis Winston threw 30 interceptions last year and Tom Brady's only thrown 29 interceptions the last three seasons, which is crazy to say. Um, but yeah, I I do think it's a good move for Tampa Bay, like Tony was saying, like bringing in fan, more fans and um, like even popularity throughout the entire world, really. Like everyone knows who Tom Brady is and they're going to want a jersey of Tom Brady's and especially because he's on a new team. And I, I read something that he's already, or Tampa Bay's, jersey sales are through the roof like 900 percent or something like that it's 
crazy to think that actually even, t- even season tickets michael that, that, that's something that got my eye is also oh, season really? ticket numbers yeah wow yeah you know that doesn't surprise me too but um because it makes sense because i mean only two franchises can say that they've seen tom brady play a football game for them well buccaneers very soon but still um the buccaneers really haven't had anything going for them since well they made the postseason back in 2007 they've kind of been in the basement of the nfc south really and um it's it's just how it is and um bringing him in is i i I'm happy for Mike Evans, honestly. That poor guy has had Jameis Winston thrown to him for however long now. It seems like forever. And um, I'm happy for that whole offense, really, um, just the guys in general. But I am not happy to see them twice a season. Um, <laughs> that is for sure. Um, it's uh, it's going to be interesting with all the, uh, the talk of when they were in the Super Bowl together. Um, going head to head but it's it's also going to be exciting i think there's going to be a lot more primetime games um with atlanta and in um well actually all the teams really um but especially new orleans um how everyone was clamoring to the fact that drew Brees and tom brady were going to play each other twice a year and the last time they played each other it was it was a barn burner and it was uh just exciting to watch and now fans get to see that twice a season like you can't really beat it honestly and i think it'll be interesting to see him and bruce arians together um the fact that bruce arians is um the new head coach down there in tampa Mm -hmm. and how he has his past um work with um with like Peyton Manning and Big Ben and Carson Palmer and uh and Andrew Luck too, yeah. And uh it's it's gonna be interesting to see um their relationship. I think they can make it work. I don't see why they can't. because um, they're really I think they're gonna build the offense around Tom Brady and what he's capable of doing, which makes a lot of sense. They're it's they're really all in right now. They have the pieces. Um the defense is probably the question mark, big question mark, but um, but the offense is definitely there. So um, it's going to be a fun season to see them, I guess you could say, from my perspective. <laughs> yeah, I mean, for, for you, it's definitely <laughs> – you're definitely more of it's going to be fun with quotation marks around it. Right, exactly. You know? I mean <laughs> – that, yeah, it, I mean, you you got to see him twice a year now. But, I mean, the South is going to be nuts. It's going to be Brady, oh, yeah. Brady versus Breeze, Brady versus Ryan. I mean, Brady versus Bridgewater is not as, you know, it's not as a big title name right now. But, you know, maybe Bridgewater gets back to his his level. I mean, he, mm-hmm. he proved he can play. You know, I, the question is, will he be able to keep up with all three of those big dogs in the South? Which, you know, I got to ask you guys, who finishes last in that division? I think that's the better question. Because there, there's a lot of, there's a lot of good talent now in the South that right. has really been had its has had the switch flipped as of free agency. Um, real quick, my, mine's probably going to be. Uh, uh, you might not like me, Michael, but it's going to be between Carolina and Atlanta, and I'm leaning more Atlanta, unfortunately. Yeah. No, 
I, I totally get it. Um, I think it's, it's a matter of who stays healthy, really. Um, out of all four teams, it's going to be interesting to see who's all going to be healthy throughout the entire season. And I think that's going to be the biggest difference maker. Yeah. Not yeah. Really. I'm going with either Carolina. I'm going to actually, I'm going to put my money on Carolina as finishing dead last in the South, just because I have too much faith in, um, Breeze and Ryan and Brady and, um, with Brady going to Tampa Bay, it's, it's finally a testament for, um, his critics and his, uh, supporters to see how he does in a different system. Um, is he actually, you know, arguably the best quarterback to ever play the game or was he truly just part of a phenomenal system? You know, to put that testament to use right now, uh, they had new, they had Las Vegas odds makers come out again this week to, uh, say who their favorites are for divisions i will mention that even with the loss losses that belichick had in new england new england still favored to win the afc east this year <laughs> that's why I, I am not kidding you i i kind of yeah i had to scratch my head at that but you know free i mean for crying out loud there's still the draft so we can't all just say that this is done but Mm-mm. with that roster right now i'm like really we're gonna you know, put all our chips there and uh the Buffalo Bills restock their their roster this free agency and I I'll we'll sit wait and see. I don't I don't know how they beat the Bills now, but we'll find out. I mean it's gonna be fun. Um real quick for me, I mean I think this is a good signing overall and it just makes the it just makes the NFL more fun. I, I'm I'm excited for all these a- NFC South games now. Uh you know, two years, two games per year of Brady versus Breeze for the next two years is going to be a blast. I mean, this it's the top two quarterbacks in touchdown numbers overall with Breeze, I believe still slightly edging Brady, even with his last year. So it's going to be a blast to follow this. I mean, Matt Ryan being in that mix too, you know, and then Teddy Bridgewater. Meanwhile, in that division, you got Todd Gurley, you got Christian McCaffrey in there as well. Alvin Kamara. I mean, Mike, Ev- Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Michael Thomas. I mean, there's so much talent in the South right now. It's going to be so beware. much fun. Yeah, it's going to be a <laughs> lot of fun. A lot of offense is coming to the yes. South in 2020. Yes. I-, I cannot wait. Uh, and I'll tell you what, for the sake of uh, Tampa Bay, they finished mid-range last year. They actually had an acceptably good run off- run defense, and that's going to stay pretty sem- pretty much the same. Uh, they are bringing Dedomkin Dug- Sue back. For a one-year deal, Vita Vey is going to be in there, in anchoring the middle, and then they actually, and then them tagging uh, Shaq Barrett with also signing Jason Pierre-Paul, they're going to have a formidable front four. So you know, Tom, I think did his homework, and I think he realizes too that I mean, Bruce Arians is the guy that revitalized Carson Palmer's career and made Carson Palmer an arguable MVP candidate in Arizona, and I imagine that Arians is going to utilize Brady to his full capacity in a more pass-first offense, just like they had been running in years past with Bruce Arians in Arizona and, of course, last year in Tampa Bay. It's going to be a blast, and yeah. I can't wait. <laughs> yeah, and uh, to touch, just to give you a quick stat on that, Drew Brees is currently ahead by six touchdowns on the career. So they're one Unreal. two. Yeah, and uh, it's going to be funny because from what I understand is Brady wants to play till he's 45, so... 
this is kind of his last stint if we are following what he said. So this will be almost like a neck and neck touchdown race for these final two years on who's going to get the record. And speaking of records, I think he's he that's you're right. He's going to be trying to go for those. But also um, keep in mind where the uh, Super Bowl's planning on being played this year. How how can we forget? It is in Tampa Bay. And how fitting. Can you can you imagine if Tom Brady gets to host the Super Bowl against somehow his former coach and mentor and Bill Belichick in Tampa Bay? <laughs> what if a that story were to happen. Line. That, that would be the ultimate storyline. I'll be honest with you, if that actually happens, um, and it's not done by skill, I'm calling the NFL rigged, and I'm I'm done with it. All right. Like, there's no way. Like, there's no way the Patriots win the AFC East. I'm I'm just calling it now. There's no way. Yeah, I mean, people thought last year for some reason Mahomes getting the Super Bowl was rigged. Please, that would be no, the ultimate rigged job. The NFL yeah, would right. love it. <laughs> They'd yeah. sell. They would sell their tickets to expungent numbers in Super Bowl terms, and that's really expungent if they did that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, my God. I, I can't wait for 2020. It's going to be a blast with Tom Brady. And what's funny is we haven't even gotten into some some of our best of, worst of. I mean, this has been, you know, Brady and our teams alone. I mean, it's been, it's been good so far. Let's keep this train rolling, though. Uh, I gave you guys these five categories besides what we had just discussed. Best free agent pick, worst free agent pick, our best under the radar pickup, best trade and worst trade. Um, I'm good with any three of us starting off uh, for the best choice. Um, there's plenty to go around from what I was looking at the down the NFL's 101 best free agent list this this week. So uh, take your pick. Go ahead, Zach. Honestly, I feel like we've no, been talking a lot. Go right ahead, man. Why not? Yeah, I always, yeah, yeah. I always try and give you guys the name first, but you know that's fine. I'll, no, that's I'll okay. Go you go. I'll go first. Why not? Uh, I like the signing of Chris Harris. I thought that was a steal for the value they got for him in Los Angeles. Uh, two years, seventeen million dollars for a elite cornerback that will be well paired. With, J- with Jason Verrett on the opposite side of him, as well as uh, uh, it's not, it's not Desmond King. That's it, because Derek King's different. Uh, but yeah, they have Des- they got Desmond King as the safety back there. You got Jason Verrett on the opposite side in Los Angeles, and Chris Harris anchoring the op- another opposite side too. And Harris can play slot or outside cor- cornerback, so he is definitely worth the pickup. For those two years, it really boosts up Los Angeles's defense that already has Nick Bosa on it with others, and I am really thinking they got the best value out of it. I had a few other options just in case, but his just stuck out to me because I couldn't believe that they got him for so cheap, if if that is uh, the way you want to put it. But I, I go Chris Harris Jr. I like it. Nice. Yeah, it's definitely a sneaky good pick, and I like that they've – started to refortify that defense of theirs. Um, now that all that remains to be seen is really how they revamp that offense. Even though they re-signed Austin Eckler, uh, they still got a few other kinks they need to work out. Yeah, they got some They got some things that work. I mean, I was expecting a quarterback to be signed there again. I thought Tom Brady was going to Los Angeles. You know, if I was thinking L.A., it'd be like, hey, we need tickets really bad because otherwise I don't think you're going to sell out <laughs> that new stadium out there in California. So they must either be looking to draft somebody or they're looking at their other options right now. 
or they really like Tyrod Taylor and just hoping to God fans come. Who the hell knows? <laughs> really? Uh, but yeah, I mean, Chris Harris will at least help with the production that they'll have because, you know, I I felt like, you know, I mean, I've, if they can just stay healthy, they probably have a good team. That seems like the storyline for the Chargers every year. If they just can stay healthy, they can probably make it to the Super Bowl or something. But, you know, who knows? I, I just think that Chris Harris is a great one to get across from Verrett and company, and it'll make for an even better defense than it has been in years past. Yeah. Um, so uh, uh, my pick is, uh, I don't know, I, I liked it. I don't know how anybody else feels about it, but uh, Emmanuel Sanders to the Saints. Yes, 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 <laughs> yes, yes. I love that one. No, oh, I man. hate that one. <laughs> oh, I knew you might. <laughs> <laughs> no, it is a good one, though. That offense already has Michael Thomas, Alvin Kamara, has Drew Brees at the helm, and you're going to tell me that you now have a slot receiver who apparently doesn't age in Emmanuel Sanders. It's And then you throw Jared Cook in there, too. Like It's going to stack that offense even more than it already was. I just... Absolutely, man. <laughs> Un- unreal. And I, I, I can't believe I even missed him when I was listing off all those talents in the South. But, you know, two-year deal, and he's basically riding it for Breeze's remainder. You know, this might be his last go at a Super Bowl, too, for Sanders. So I like it a lot. Mike, what you got? Um, yeah, I was kind of going back and forth between a few um i i think i'm leaning more towards uh i don't know oh man i don't know i'll just i'll just say it okay so i i liked um melvin gordon going to uh the broncos um really all right yeah i yeah i did like it actually um it was either between that and uh teddy bridgewater um i could touch on him real quick but um like like i said melvin gordon um, he's going to be going into Denver with Philip Lindsay, who is already a thousand yard rusher. And I think he's, um, going to take a little bit of pressure off of Drew Locke. I think Denver is really believing in Drew Locke that he could be the future of, uh, Denver's, um, uh, offense. And, uh, I think Melvin Gordon will compliment that, compliment that offense, uh, very well they only got him for two years for 13 million 13.5 million guaranteed um obviously with incentives he can get more than that it's a two-year 16 million dollar deal but um yeah for those reasons i think that he was a good pickup um but i am really fascinated in the teddy bridgewater um free agent pickup because you know he's He's really getting his first chance to be a full-time starter again since his um, Pro Bowl season back in 2015 with Minnesota. And, um, you know, Carolina's been going back and forth with quarterbacks with injuries and stuff. And now that they shipped Kyle Kyle Allen to the Redskins and Cam Newton is no longer in the fold, you know, they they had to pay up. And they got Teddy Bridgewater for three years and uh, 33 million guaranteed, which might be a little bit of money for a quarterback who has a little bit of 
health issues, but I think he proved himself to be what he has been throughout his entire career, really. His um, his longevity is kind of in question, but he can definitely um, sling the rock as he proved in New Orleans last year when Drew Brees went down. Um, he definitely earned his um, his contract, that's for sure. Yeah, I, I, I would say the same. Um, and I would also have to say that is... Overall, it's a good pickup. Personally, I thought, um, I thought that the Carolina Panthers, their their mindset was, well, can we move on from Cam with someone that can be more of a game manager type? Because I think they experimented with that when they did with when they played with Kyle Allen last year. And besides the fact that Allen was, I would say, about garbage for the second half of the season, <laughs> you know, they they saw early on, like if we lean on Christian McCaffrey and get somebody that at least is stable enough to mm-hmm. where he, they, he doesn't have to do too much, but he can make the plays when needed. They can win. And Teddy Bridgewater is that guy from what he showed in new Orleans. You know, as long as you give him enough talent around him, he can make the plays to win football games. And I think that he's back as where he was in his 2014, 2015 form before he had, his severe knee injury that could have ended his career. So, you know, I do like the signing as well. Um, I mean, athletically, if Newton is fully healthy, you'd think Cam Newton would be there, but there's too many health questions right now with Cam Newton. Wherever he lands is going to deter, of course, will determine if he's a starting caliber in the league's mindset or if he's backup. But, you know, I, uh, I got a lot of faith in Bridgewater. You know, I agree with you, Michael. It's a good one. Mm-hmm. That was yeah, a, that's I, a good pickup. Yeah, yeah. And I think reuniting with uh, Joe Brady, um, he used to be the offensive assistant at, in New Orleans um, in 2018. I think just that familiarity with each other too, um, I think will definitely take him to new heights, especially now that he has McCaffrey and DJ Moore and Curtis Samuel and – now that they just acquired Robbie Robbie Anderson from the Jets. Mm. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that, yeah, like all deal. these weapons, all these weapons. South's gonna be awesome. <laughs> Can't say that enough. It's gonna be fun. <laughs> yeah, Bridgewater's a good one though. I I like that. Um, and I'm actually gonna kick this off for the worst for agents. It's funny you mentioned Gordon because I had him as a worst on this list. Yeah. Um, I'll, I'll explain. Okay. <laughs> um, I mean, I do. My backup would have been Jimmy Graham, which I already have explained how bad Jimmy Graham, in my opinion, was as a signing. But uh, to get on a different track, Melvin Gordon is is definitely a dual threat running back. He can catch out of the backfield. He's a very capable runner. However, you already had Philip Lindsay in Denver. You have Royce Freeman already backing him up. And both those guys are pretty cheap cap-wise. And you're picking up Melvin Gordon. And you're probably going to sink Philip Lindsay deeper into the depth chart now because, unfortunately, how the NFL works, from what I've ever noticed, more money means more playtime usually. <laughs> so, my guess is Gordon's going to be the number one running back going into this. Lindsay's number two, which I don't agree with. I thought Lindsay deserves his number one spot. You know, Gordon myself shot himself in the foot when he tried to do contract negotiations in Los Angeles which led to Austin Eckler getting that starting nod and showing that he 
can just do as well as Melvin Gordon. So um, my opinion is the money could have gone elsewhere. I'm not saying Melvin Gordon's a bad player, but you look at Denver's setup on offense, and I didn't think it was worth signing him was my case. I don't know if that makes sense, but oh yeah, yeah, you're welcome to counter. I, that, that's my counter, at least to what I thought of that signing. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't really think about it that way. Um, it makes total sense. And I think I was looking at it um, from the sake of Drew Locke's perspective. Um, he's still young, and he's still um, trying to develop as a quarterback. And I think maybe having uh, two different types of running backs uh, in that system uh, would definitely help him. Um, but yeah, I agree. I think maybe they could have used their money elsewhere. Like they could have signed a Robbie Anderson, like I mentioned earlier, um, instead of uh, Melvin Gordon and let Philip Lindsay and Royce Freeman really just take over that offense. Um, but you never know how it'll pan out in the NFL, right? Yeah, and that's another thing with free agency. You never know how these guys turn out. Free agency is still a total toss-up, even with proven guys. And again, Melvin Gordon's a proven guy. It's just that he lost his value when he tried to hold out on a, for a contract last year, and it completely backfired in his face. This is what the result is now, is that the the running back trend in the NFL is now that pretty much anyone can do the job of running back according to the mindsets of owners and coaches. So now it's about trying to prove that, you know, you can be the elite cream of the crop and Gordon will do it just fine. Honestly, if you're talking about with the case of drew lock, it's a great running back duo to have those two back there. Mm -hmm. Uh, Money wise is like I said, the money reasons are the only really care for this deal as much. But I, I think like that for locks development, it does there is a there is a chance that that does help a lot, and of course it diversifies the offense's production as well for Denver. It's gonna he'll 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 make an impact is what I'm trying to say. It, Absolutely, he'll, he'll be an impact in every game. Uh, Tony, we'll keep going the same like uh, rotation here. Uh, right. Who was your worst choice? Like what what deal or team kind of pairing did not work out for you? Um, so. I interpreted this two ways, so I kind of have two answers to this, especially with given recent events. Um, one of my worst deals for a player um, would be the fact that Cam Newton just got released as opposed to the beginning of free agency. Oh. Um, he, yeah, he had some injuries, but depending on where he lands, I think he's going to be perfectly fine. I think it's just been the fact that people have counted him out and watching him these past few years he loves that and he loves to prove you wrong so personally i would have loved to see cam go to some team earlier on um as opposed to waiting now he's stuck with andy dalton and james winston as the quarterbacks to pick from which is a good problem to have because then you're might be the better one out of the three but also i don't know i i think he's i mean it's gonna be he's regardless the three that are left are high risk high reward as opposed for signings we're going back to Austin Hooper. I hate this signing. Uh, Ooh, and you're you're right in the community for this, so I'm I'm kind of curious what you've heard around the uh, Cleveland area. Um, so so far everybody in Cleveland loves this signing, and I get it. You know, he was a top five tight end last year. You know, big red zone target um, when he was healthy. Um, I hate the signing due to the fact that it's 
I mean, they have David. They have Najoku, who's coming back off of an injury. They had and Steels Jones filled in fine for him. But at the same time, Baker Mayfield doesn't throw the ball to his tight ends as much as he should. He throw, forces the ball up to either Odell Beckham or he throws it underneath to Jarvis Landry or to Nick Chubb or Kareem Hunt. He doesn't really, really, really utilize his tight ends. So now you've got two good slash decent tight ends with Nijoku being more of that decent side in an offense that's already crowded, already got too many miles to feed. I think monetary-wise, great for Hooper. But for... And I mean, the Browns were still the number one with the most cap space. So great for them, too, to, to be able to sign somebody of that caliber. But I hate the move because... I don't think Austin Huber is going to get fed as much as he should be. Um, it, I think if he would have gone to any a lot of any other teams, like he would have become that huge staple like he was in Atlanta. And I mean, absolutely, I could eat my words with this. You know, it has, has happened before with a lot of my different takes, and I'm very well aware of that. <laughs> but it, his success relies on Baker Mayfield. In Baker Mayfield alone, it has nothing to do with his skill, really, because we know that he's gonna he's gonna do well as much as he can, because he's got the skill set. It has to do with he went from a former MVP in Matt Ryan to Baker Mayfield, who had a great freshman freshman year. Don't get me wrong, but that's because there was no tape. Look at last year; that was so much more of a slump than I've ever seen for a sophomore slump. I. I'm baffled by it. I think he maybe just followed the money and who could offer him the most. But if he's trying to get playing time, if he's trying to get receptions, he's going to be probably the third or fourth option being looked at on that team. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, yeah, I, yeah. I, I mean, I was, I was mixed on the Hooper deal. I, I, I think Hooper is definitely productive as productive as he was showing in Atlanta. There, there's no doubt about it. Um, but the big issue is, of course, it always goes back to the quarterback in these scenarios. You know, is Baker Mayfield going to adapt is the thing. Will he finally, will he calm down on his turnover, touchdown turnover ratio? Will he make intelligent decisions in the pocket and the right decisions at the right time? I mean, you have a team that is definitely, as you're mentioning, Tony, very overstacked in certain areas of talent on the offensive side of the ball. And some of those mouths are not, being fed enough i mean when you have personality a personality like odell beckham jr that you know at one point he was at the top of the world now he's kind of in this you know i'm a star but i'm also you know i've had some down years i've also been injured and i'm also kind of rowdy when i have to talk and considering that he was also being asked to be traded by other teams uh or at least was rumored to i mean yeah, I, I don't I don't know. I mean, Hooper, I don't I think he seems to be the more humble guy. I haven't heard him as much in the media, but you know, for the money he's gonna get, I don't think he's gonna make the same production as he did in Atlanta. He's got a great contract, so good for him. He's gonna get plenty of cash. But you know, Tony, I think you're right. There's a lot of there's a lot of weapons there in Cleveland that are either gonna get underutilized or won't be utilized in the Yeah, and the Cleveland media will eat them alive. It is arguably one of the worst medias I've ever been a part of. Granted, I've lived in two cities now, and I still think that Cleveland media is going to crucify anybody more. Because it's 
they're going to look at the money that they spent for him, and then they're going to look at his production numbers, which will have dropped this season, and then they're going to just blow up about how he was overrated and overpaid, and when in reality, it has nothing to do with him. It has everything to do with trying to feed him in at a table that's got too many mouths. Yeah. Totally true. Totally true. I th- mm-hmm. I, everything that you're saying makes total sense. And I thought it was such a weird place for him to go. Um, Cause he's, he's such a quiet guy. Um, like how Zach, how you were saying, you, you didn't really know how he was in the media. He's such, he's such a quiet guy, but he's like, I don't know. He just kind of goes with the flow, but like, I don't know when I saw the report that he was signing with them, it just didn't really make that much sense. It didn't seem like they needed a tight end like most other teams like new England needed and um, Dallas. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Dallas too. Yeah. That was the only team that I was thinking of actually. And um, like, and teams that actually have money to spend on him, you know, like, not that Cleveland doesn't, because they did, obviously, but like New England obviously thrived in that system with a tight end with Gronkowski. But now that Tom Brady's not there, not that they don't have that need, but you know that would have been a place for him to go and thrive in that offense as well. Yeah, I I wish the Bears had the cap space to pick him up. If I'm being quite frank, and I know he was gonna he was gonna draw a big contract like this. Just mm-hmm. I didn't Cleveland didn't need him. I don't, no. you know, it, it, you know, and Tony, you bring up David and is a good tight end. It's just, he gets underutilized, unfortunately. And really, I mean, I wouldn't have mind seeing him get on the free agent market. I would have been curious where he would have went. Cause I think he has the intangibles to break out somewhere else since he's been kind of, I think held under the radar in Cleveland for his first be his first several years since he was drafted. Cause he was, and he was kind of a touted prospect coming out of college. Um, but, you know, sometimes it just doesn't work out right. I mean, or sometimes we j- it takes a little bit for these guys to develop. I, I don't know how I don't Austin Hooper will turn out, but, you know, it's that's a good one for a, cons- for a head scratcher at the very least to probably something that could be at the worst a bad deal in the end. Uh, Michael, who'd you have for this category? So I have someone that you guys probably haven't heard their name in a few years now, but he used to be a former first-round pick back in 2015. He's offensive lineman, and he's going to the Miami Dolphins now. Eric Flowers. Oh, yes. Three How years. How can we forget? Right. Three I did years. $30 million. Almost twenty million guaranteed. Now it gets better. It gets better. I promise. And it doesn't get better. Um, <laughs> so he's going to be on his fourth team now in seven years, or not seven years, five years. Sorry, he was drafted in twenty fifteen. Makes it even worse. <laughs> yes, he hasn't stayed healthy, and he's had a lot of trouble. A lot of trouble protecting protecting the quarterback's blind side. I, I, I truly believe that they could have done something else. They have three first-round picks, three of them, 5, 18, and 26. And there is plenty of offensive tackles in this, in this upcoming draft 
that are younger, better, and um, can actually do their job as protecting the quarterback. That's plain and simple. I think they well overpaid for a for a tackle who's not doing what they're supposed to do. So yeah. I don't know. It just it just didn't make any sense to me. Um, he, I re- remember watching numerous games of hit him on on the Giants, and he just watching Eli Manning run for his life because he he's not getting the pass protection that he should be getting, especially from a first round pick who never lived up to the hype, unfortunately. Which that's how it goes sometimes, but. Uh, again, I, it doesn't make any sense that the Dolphins would pay that much money for a offensive lineman when they have three first-round picks. Yeah, people are still paying for him. That's that's what's nuts. Um, right. And I'm looking and I'm looking here at Miami's kind of their pick, their signings. You know, it's it's funny they have Eric Flowers listed as a guard, and I forgot that, that he did switch positions last year. But mm-hmm. even then. You know, looking at analysts' projections, he's not worth his salary, and so <laughs> I don't know why they gave him why they gave him ten million a year to try and rejuvenate his career as a guard. But he's not right. worth the money at all. And I agree. I how how the hell did we get? How the hell did we not put that one? <laughs> I don't. Know. I know. He, I was he, I was just going through everybody, and I was like. Eric Flowers, I know that name. And I was just looking at it and I was just I was just dumbfounded at the fact that they would sign him to that much money. Cuz maybe I mean, it's not just... cha- maybe go ahead. Sorry. I was going to say cuz it's not just bad. This is like infamously bad for a right. tackle. Yeah. It it's just mind-blowing that they would spend that much money on a guy that has has never proved himself. I mean, they say a change of scenery is good for a man, but it doesn't seem like this is in the cards for Eric Flowers. <laughs> Getting the same feeling as you. I think you're right. <laughs> right. Maybe I'm wrong, but we'll see. <laughs> Usually history repeats itself. Yeah. Right, right. Usually. And I mean, sometimes, of course, teams just like to, uh, they feel that money's burning in their pockets, so they just have to throw it out there while they can. <laughs> you know? Right. It should be thrown into us. <laughs> I yeah, thought no the kidding. same exact thing. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I, I wish I had Eric Flowers' cash built to play like garbage. <laughs> Heck, put me on a 10-day contract, and I'll, I'll play, probably play a little bit better than he does. Yeah, why can't the NFL have 10-day contracts on the NBA? <laughs> I could probably I could probably stop, like, uh, oh, I don't know. Um, I could probably, oh, let me think here. Yeah, I mean, I could probably stop someone for maybe five seconds. Listen, no, I'm gonna, I'm gonna cut seconds. block. I'm gonna cut block every single person. I don't give a damn. I'm <laughs> gonna go right at those legs. I'm not gonna try to go mano y mano. I'm gonna utilize my underside. Go just low. Low man wins. You'll make you'll make that team the most penalized chop block team in the NFL because someone will someone will come over there and try and hit high like every other play. I know. As long as nobody comes over and does that, we're fine. Just let me do me. We'll run the ball away from where I'm at, and I'll make sure that this one guy doesn't get to you. Like we're just, good. Just look over to Pouncey and be like, okay, look, don't go, don't go after, 
do not line go after my guy go 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 to your right I'll, <laughs> go. <laughs> i will i'll be cutting like they're like i am mowing the grass at my house <laughs> it's gonna be the fine gonna be the finest <laughs> finest blocking you'll ever see <laughs> i will make espn top 10 every night for blocking only the top ten or the not top ten. There's no in between. There is no in between. You got on, you got on television. That's all that matters. <laughs> I got my ten day contract. I got a couple hundred thousand dollars, and I've got my got on TV. I'm good. Four hundred one k. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I got maybe maybe a ten day contract. So you can be like, well, I'm part of the NFL players union, so I can maybe vote now and like uh, get benefits and stuff, right? Yeah, get on the NFL's the NFL's uh, retirement plan for a little bit. Hey man, I played for ten days. Did you remember me? I was the guy that cut blocked everyone. Dude, nobody would forget you too because like, yo, you're the guy that was cut blocking me every single time. Yeah, dude was on a ten day contract. Dude, in the span in the span of that one and that week and a half, I blew out three knees. Two of them were on my roster. <laughs> <laughs> I am a freaking legend. <laughs> ACL doctors still don't stop talking about me. <laughs> uh, that's probably not even a good a good naming for that. <laughs> Michael's probably rolling his eyes at that term. <laughs> ACL doctor. Great uh, one. <laughs> Dear God. <laughs> See what I've started. <laughs> yeah well it was worth it it, it was, was. i i think yeah 10 day contracts would be pretty awesome but right i don't know yeah i i don't know i don't know I, tony you can you should keep aspiring for that i would i would love to see <laughs> i would love to see you, you chop walking like uh <laughs> someone like maybe maybe uh maybe bill belichick's like this is the guy i want and you <laughs> you get on hey. his team for 10 days and chop block uh or you cut block kyle van away Hey, where's uh, where's uh, Greg Schiano coaching now? I know he. Lo- oh my God! <laughs> <laughs> I forgot you about see, that guy. So you'd be an assistant at Rutgers, though. That's where he's at. Ah, dang it! Yeah, you. Can, I mean, you know, I don't know how you get back to college at this point to say eligibility, but. Maybe, I mean, I never, te- never technically used any eligibility in while I was in college. So technically speaking, yeah, could yeah. I still use it? I don't know. I mean. There's military. I think there's like military vets that have come back and played like in their late 20s on college teams. See, I'm just saying. I mean, yeah, I graduated college, but I never played. So does that count as my that they know of? That they know. (laughs) I'm transferring from Ball State. (laughs) 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 I'm redshirting. What's your What's your play time? Uh, I sat at a few games. I'm a legend at tailgates. <laughs> <laughs> that I am, though. <laughs> so, give me a four pack of Tall Boys. They're gone in about fifteen minutes. <laughs> oh. oh man! Damn it, we're off track. <laughs> yeah, but people can't say we don't have fun on this. Oh, I, we I talk I, serious, but we have. I, 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 I love stuff. I love crap like this. <laughs> I mean, what the hell are we talking about again? Uh, oh yeah, like actual football things. Yeah, <laughs> Tail- tailgating's football though. 
that's <laughs> fan related. We're still we're still football. <laughs> all football see for this, all. <laughs> see what this quarantine has done to us. I'm going crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I need football so bad. Football. So, football. I want football. Uh, okay. Um, I'll get. I'm gonna get this back on track. Uh, Good call. We we had underrated picks. That was part of this segment. Basically, the picks that weren't as discussed in the media, but really will be impactful to a roster come the fall of 2020. Mine is Nick Kwiatkowski. Instantly, I I miss him dearly. I felt the Bears should have had him instead of Danny Trevathan. He is going to be a great starter alongside Corey Littleton in Las Vegas. They have already rejuvenated that linebacking core for the Raiders in just a span of a week. And Nick Krakowski easily is part of that. He's getting his payday for sure. Three years, $21 million. It's a decent deal for linebackers. And again, I think over the course of his Bears career, he proved himself that he can step in and be a starter or can be the straight-up starter. Last year, he proved that he's a great linebacker when it comes to timing blitz, blitzing for any packages that are for him. Uh, he also was well-improved in his past coverage last year rather than years past. That's my that's a pick I felt that really is a good value for the Raiders, and I would say it's definitely one of the best ones that people did not talk enough about. Agreed. Uh- just watching a few Bears games, even just the Cowboys-Bears game, the kid was insane. <laughs> yeah, dude dude was awesome. I, I, I wish they would have gotten him over Danny, and I, I like Danny Trevathan, but he has, like I said, Nick is younger, and he also proved last year that he really could be a starter, and he would have given a better value. They paid Trevathan a decent chunk of money to keep him on the team. So, I don't know. It could have saved some cap, too. That's the thing with free agency. You know, It's not just about... You know, it's not just about the player as well. It's about the cap and the value you get. And I think Krakowski is just overall the better value. Yeah, especially considering the Bears were 31st out of 32nd in terms of cap space. Yeah, they were not in a good spot. So I I personally am going to miss him. I will definitely be side rooting for the Raiders as long as they don't play the Bears again. Uh, just because, <laughs> you know, I love, I really like Nick. You know, he's a, he's a good dude. Uh, had a lot of great moments last year. Uh, Tony, who do you have in this uh, segment? There's there's a few of them this year that, uh, you know, especially one-year deal ones that I feel could get a uh, under-the-radar look. Yeah, um, actually, so I'm sticking with the NFC East, and there's actually three that the Redskins made um, that I thought went unnoticed. Um, first and foremost, um, we all know who J.D. McKissick is, especially when if you've played fantasy football. Um, mm-hmm. Peyton Barber, uh, both of those signed two-year deals with the Redskins um, with an already crowded backfield, just the fact that they signed those two year deals. Um, and then the Redskins also signed Thomas Davis, the former linebacker for the Panthers um, oh, yes. to a one year deal. That yeah. should have been a little bit more of a splash. Cause everybody was talking about how Thomas Davis was insane when he was in Carolina. And then, you know, last year, I don't believe he actually had a team that he played up for. Um, and then, just knowing, like, he, everybody knew who he was two years ago to now nobody's paying attention to him getting signed by the Redskins. That's, to me, that's huge, especially since it's in the NFC East. The guy, when we played the Panthers two years ago, just, he just sniffed everything out, and it just was so tough to kind of get everything going. 
Yeah, man. I mean, Ron Rivera, they're bringing the band back together, too. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they've, they've had rumors that Cam Newton will sign in Washington, crying out Which loud. Which would throw me off because they just traded for Kyle Allen and they Dwayne Haskins. Um, I don't think Alex Smith is anywhere close to returning to, to playing action, if at all, to be honest with you. Um, but yeah, then to go out and get Cam Newton, it's just like, all right, now you've got a really crowded quarterback crew. And granted, Dwayne Haskins needs to learn a little bit more about the, about the pro game. But I mean... I don't know. That'd be tough to see Cam Newton just go straight to the Redskins and would definitely improve their chances in the NFC East. They would definitely put themselves up there as uh, we're going to go with uh, number three in the NFC East. Mm. Yeah, probably. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, Thomas Davis is the one that sticks out to me with that conversation. Just uh, he's even at his even at how how old he is now in linebacker terms, you know, he still is an impact player on and off the field just uh his leadership's well known and he's definitely one of the most aggressive linebackers in an era of what i would consider softer football just with new rule changes that obviously for safety but you know he still is one of the most aggressive linebackers that is still around you know say in an say in a previous era of ray lewis and brian Erlacher. so you know that definitely definitely a signing to look out for for the redskins yeah absolutely Michael, who do you have on this segment, man? Again, there's a lot of good ones that go under the radar, so I'm curious what you got. Yeah, I I had a few, but I think this one's going to make such a big impact. I think it's I think it's the best free agent deal that really went unnoticed was um, Darius Slay going to uh, the Eagles, going staying with the NFC East conversation here. Um, for they traded for him um, with the Lions in exchange for a third and a fifth round pick. And um, as a part of that deal, he's going to receive a big payday. Um, I saw rumors of three years, $50 million. And uh, it's, they're going to, they need the, they need all the corner help they can get because someone has to cover Golden Tate and Terry McLaurin and, Oh yeah, Amari Cooper, twice a season. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Michael Gallup, and you know it's it's fun. Yep. So um, I think, I mean, obviously it was a big impact trade, um, but I think I don't think a lot of people were talking about it as much as um, they should have. I think probably because everyone was talking about the big name quarterbacks going elsewhere. But um, I really think this is a good. A good, um, a good trade uh, for the Eagles for sure. Um, I think they they definitely lost um, Malcolm Jenkins to the Saints, um, but he's going to be pairing with Jalen Mills, who um, they'll be converting to safety, uh, and Rodney Rodney McLeod. Excuse me. Yeah. Uh, they'll have somewhat of a uh, identity on defense now. I think. They can add in the draft for sure. There's plenty of corner talent in this draft, and uh, there's there's some depth at safety as well. So maybe they'll be able to sign someone uh, for their secondary to um, improve their defense. So I think it was a much needed move for uh, the Eagles. It's I thought, in my opinion, yeah, I they definitely needed 
secondary help last year. And one has to wonder what their what their final record would have been with a better set of secondary players. And also injuries played a massive factor for them last year. Don't get me wrong, but you know, they definitely needed talent either way at that position that was missing. And McLeod is serviceable at least. So, you know, he, he definitely has a spot for now. Obviously they do have a decent chunk of draft picks coming up in this year's draft. Uh, one of them I imagine will go to secondary help, probably at another corner position, maybe mm-hmm. a potential new starting cornerback that they can put alongside Darius Slay and then maybe move and then or they'll maybe look for like a, a nickel as well. So I, you know, good pickup and they got him for a good price too. I, mm-hmm. I thought so a, too. That's something else. You know, that that easily could go in in as one of the better trade deals for the next coming segments. Cause I mean I thought they I thought that they got a decent price from obviously the Lions were not in a good leverage spot. Uh, Matt Patricia burned that bridge horribly and oh yeah. Away goes a what I would say is an elite defensive back. Patricia might not say it, but he is. That's the truth. Mm-hmm. You know. So we're not we're not gonna trigger we're not gonna lie about that or try and uh downplay Darius Slay. Darius Slay is a top five cornerback in the NFL. Yeah, he's and, still producing. Still producing. Yeah, and, you let him go. So you let him go for what I would consider one of my worst deals. Uh, it's not the worst one, I would say, but it's pretty bad. Um, right. Which, well, this leads into it. We got trades. That's kind of the the last uh, pieces we have for this podcast is there were a decent amount of trades. Free agency, usually you see that happen a lot. And we had plenty to talk about for the two best and worst segments. Uh, I'll kick things off. My favorite was Colias Campbell. I was a massive fan of this one. Somehow the Baltimore Ravens are ending up getting star Pro Bowl talent for fifth round draft picks. I don't know how they keep doing it because they did it with Marcus Peters last year. And now Peters is back to his normal self, had a three or $42 million extension during the season that he won over in a few games. And now you got Clias Campbell coming to town to help anchor that defense that has Matt Judon on there as well rockers that they signed in in free agency mm-hmm. the defense is going to be pretty stacked even even with some transitions that they have had with other talent i mean they did even re-sign jimmy smith for a one-year deal as well so you know the fact that they got campbell for a fifth round draft pick at and were able to fit his cal his uh salary in there too it's definitely my favorite i mean I I could obviously I could say obviously Hopkins on the Cardinals side was also an ace in the hole, but I just really like Clias Campbell in this setup because it's another piece that I think would push the Ravens over the top to where they can be the Super Bowl contender this year if they get past the Kansas City Chiefs. So that's why. Yeah, got. yeah, and they have uh, just looking it up. They have five picks in the first three rounds of this year's draft now. That's pretty crazy too. Cause, yeah, because they because they acquired Atlanta's pick from Hayden Hurst. They did. You're right. And now they, and now they have this extra pick from um, Jacksonville too. So an already stout defense is going to be getting even more. <laughs> it's gonna yeah, they're gonna be really packed in. I uh, I'm looking forward to to seeing what they'll do this year still because I mean. I mean, they finished fourteen and two last year. I mean, I, I mean, how much better can you get? You know, sixteen zero. 
Yeah, you're right. I, get, <laughs> I mean, if we're, looking at, if we're looking at the 0.01% that's left, yeah, okay. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I think a lot of these are best and worst trades are kind of going to mirror, like, mm-hmm. you can look at them from both perspectives because um, I know that from the Cardinals side, you're looking at the DeAndre Hopkins trade as a great one from their side, which it is, don't get me wrong, but if I'm the Houston Texans, um, what are you doing? Um, you just <laughs> traded away a top five wide receiver for David Johnson, who's been injury prone, who hasn't really fully gotten back to his uh, to what he can be, and you essentially swapped a, like picks, and then you maybe got what one pick out of it. So you got David Johnson and one pick because you guys kind of just swapped picks in, in what I think it was the fourth round or something like that. But that's a low ball number for for a top three wide receiver. You 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 can't like. I understand there was bad blood between him and him and Bill O'Brien. I get that. But yet from a business perspective, you got one pick and David Johnson for DeAndre Hopkins. I don't think that trade would even go through on Madden. It wouldn't. There's no way. No, there's no way. <laughs> Not a chance. So I that that to me is, is my worst one. It, to to kind of <clears throat> and so uh just to kind of mention one we haven't mentioned, um Stefan Dix to the Bills. I actually really like that trade because the Bills gained their much-needed wide receiver that they that they needed, um, and Minnesota gained four total picks for him. Like that's what you do when you have a top wide receiver. And Diggs is nowhere near DeAndre Hopkins in my book. Like DeAndre's top three, Diggs is, I'm, I, you know, if we're going off of just last year, top fifteen at best. Um, so you got a first, a fifth, and a sixth round in this year's draft, and a fourth round in 2021. For you know, that's all you like. That's what the Buffalo gave up to get Diggs. That's huge for Minnesota. I agree. Yeah i i was I thought that that was definitely a more fair perspective on how you do an elite receiver trade. I don't. This is what happens also when you give a head coach like Bill O'Brien, the keys to the castle as being the GM as well, because <laughs> if you let, if you have another actual dedicated GM, you might get a better deal. Actually, no, I'm sorry. You would get a better deal. <laughs> you know, I'm, I mean, maybe I'm playing that up for effect, but like, come on. What, why are we, why are we giving away a top three receiver for chump change? I mean, David Johnson was at one point a decent, running back but this guy is not the same person anymore that's why they brought Kenyon drake in he wasn't performing they mm-hmm. had to, they had to get a spark Kenyon drake was a better running back than david johnson which is why Kenyon drake got the franchise tag this year because they didn't want him going anywhere so yeah. they mm-hmm. you know they like his value and now you put him with deandre hopkins oh my goodness it's gonna be a good offense like, too or at least it should be on paper yeah and that's that's the thing too is that it definitely it should be but it's i just don't get it like hang on yeah oh yeah my bad i had a was adjusting that um yeah speaking on the defense on the stefan Diggs trade here this is the thing that's great with buffalo is even after the Diggs trade you know you look at the bills draft picks that they have for this year you know they still they still get a second through seventh round pick in each one of those rounds uh, totaling up to seven picks, actually two sixth rounders in particular, but you know, they have the 54th overall selection for the second round. So they have to wait a little bit, but 
you know, Diggs is worth a first round designation for his production. You know, mm-hmm. he also will help improve Josh Allen because even with Allen's erratic play, Diggs has quite the hands for receiver so that he can adjust to some of the erratic passes that Allen has. I mean, not to mention the Buffalo also has uh, Cole Beasley as their slot. And uh, they have John Brown, who revitalized his career last year for a thousand yards last year in Buffalo. So, you know, th- that receiving core also is pretty good. And right now, the Bills, in my opinion, are the favorite for the AFC East. They should be, unless Absolutely. Bill Belichick, yeah, unless Bill Belichick retools and, you know, he is the wizard that he is and wins the East somehow, or the Buffalo collapses under its own weight. But, you know, you would think that they have the talent to do so. Uh, I guess we'll mash this together. Uh, Michael, what was your best slash worst trade for this year or this uh, free agent period? Uh, Okay. So since you kind of already talked about the best trade, my worst trade was piggybacking off of yours. The Jaguars trading Kalias Campbell for a fifth round pick. It just doesn't make any sense. Yeah. The flip side of the coin there. Exactly. Yeah. It's just, you don't just give up that for a fifth round pick. You know, he's, I know he is 33 years old, but he's had 31 and a half sacks the last three years with Jacksonville. That's some pretty good um, production from that old of a, of a pass rusher. And, you know, he's going to that great Ravens defense already. And um, like you said, with Michael Brockers being paired with him and making them better. And it's just, it's questionable what, Jacksonville is going to do next you know their their defense was very poor even with him last year so it's a big big question mark like what are they going to do in the draft you know they they have the ninth overall pick are they going to use it on a defensive tackle or or what you know it's it seems like that organization along with Houston just doesn't care for some reason that division is just they just don't care for some reason other than the titans and the colts but it just doesn't make any sense they're trying so hard to shed so much right now right right and it's i know it's tough but that's just i don't know you just can't part ways with a guy like that but um wrapping that up um i thought the and this could have been um, one of my um, my best free agent deals that went unnoticed as well. Um, I thought the best trade was actually uh, DeForest Buckner to the Colts. Um, I thought it was interesting to see that the Colts making that move, but there it is a need for them. They um, they traded with the San Francisco 49ers um, mainly because. San Francisco really could only pay one of the guys between uh, Armstead and Buckner, so they chose Armstead and traded Buckner to the Colts for first-round pick, which is um, the Colts' 13 overall pick. So that's very appealing for San Francisco because now they have two first-round picks, and one late and one early, or middle, kind of. Um, but I think it was... an the overall trade was um, well-rounded for both sides. I think um, San Francisco gets their picks and the Colts get their man. Um, 
they're they're filling the trenches with the former seventh seventh overall pick. So um, him and Justin Houston are definitely going to be bringing some juice to that young Colts defense. Yes, they definitely will. I I overall thought this was a was a decent choice for the Colts. Um, I do. I do like it more on San Francisco's end because not only are they very, they're very cap locked themselves. And that was something Mm -hmm. that was going to be a problem for them with retaining talent like Emmanuel Sanders or when company was, they had a lot of pieces that had contract years as that were coming up last year into this year. So uh, this is good for them. They get, you know, they're going to get two first round draft picks, which is great by John Lynch's standards. I think he's more of a, he generally is more of a guy that likes to pick up, I think, talent from draft rather than the free agent pieces. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, he will when he needs to. I mean, they obviously paid Jimmy Garoppolo a massive stack of cash to keep him in San Francisco. But, I mean, he's definitely more of a guy that builds through the draft, as we've seen in recent years. So good for them. you know. And for the Colts, good for them, too. They get a little bit of a bolstered defense as well, I agree lining up Buckner against with Justin Houston on one of those edges is is and should make a formidable duo on that front four. Uh, and of course they got Philip Rivers, so we should expect a bit more offensive production from them too. Right. Yeah. Even with the $25 million price tag for one year. So not bad. Uh, guys, this that's about it. I, I didn't have any more questions for you. Um, that been a hell of a hell of a show talking to you again, you know, good to hear you guys are doing well. I uh, got, got any words for family friends. I'll give you time to, to, you know, tag yourselves for social media. This is your, uh, your little bit here. Go ahead, Tony. Uh, just want to send a shout out again to, um, all of the essential employees, uh, that are out there during this time. Um, it's definitely not easy, especially those of that are in healthcare, um, they're really kind of getting the uh, the short end of the stick. They're looking, you know, they go out to get their stuff, um, maybe before work, like to the grocery store, and they get those kind of dark looks that they're spreading around this virus. Um, just know that we are with you guys. We're doing our best on our side to uh, try and make sure that this is a very short uh, epidemic. Um, and uh, if you guys want to hear or see me tweet any more nonsense, um, it is at Tony Stenielson, uh, S-T-E-N-U-L-S-O-N. Uh, I don't post quality content. I usually do a lot of complaining about different uh, referees during sports seasons. Um, so right now it's pretty quiet. Um, and if you want to see, uh, you know, puppy videos, um, I definitely highly recommend following my Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Um, just got to look up my name. I'll pop up. And one last thing, um, just because I've been plugging her all week, uh, my friend from Ball State um, and former voice contestant, uh, Lauren Hall, uh, is having a uh, daily quarantine concert every day at 8 p.m. Eastern time, so 7 p.m. Central. Check her out. I guarantee you'll love her. Awesome. I'll have to check that out myself, too. Thank you. <laughs> Sounds like a bunch of fun. Michael, you, what, what, do you, what, what would you like to say to our wonderful crowd here? Well, crowd. Um, yeah, <laughs> you know what I'm pretty. I just said listenership. Let, let me let right. me say it. listenership. <laughs> right. Well, you can just pretty much just follow Tony. He's just uh, he's got it all going on. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, it was nice. No. Um, uh, yeah, you can uh, just follow me on Instagram if you want. 
it's up to you, of course. Um, the handle, ooh, I believe it's M underscore Grimberg, G-R-I-M-B-E-R-G 35. Um, post some good pics sometimes. Um, yeah, I don't have the tweeter. Um, <laughs> Facebook, yep, got some... Uh, some good content on there sometimes. Um, but yeah, just report to Tony, that's all. Yeah, and, and if you guys love uh, Spongebob, my man Michael Grimberg, because uh, right. he's got you. Right. Yeah, and and on a more serious note, just everybody stay safe and listen to these podcasts. We have all, these t- all this time to listen to podcasts and to really have some self-care and... Uh, Enjoy this quarantine, if you want to call it enjoying, but making the best of it. Um, yeah, and just be kind to one another during this time. So, and say, stay safe out there. Good words, guys. And I will say, by the way, plenty of your plenty of podcasts, podcast hosting sites that I'm on. You can also find plenty of information on COVID nineteen. If anyone out there is worried about this or needs to know any information, check out some series. I know like, for example, Stitcher and Spotify, Apple podcasts, they've been promoting some of these, some of these podcasts on the pandemic right now. So for any of you out there that are worried, please check those out too. Uh, They are worth, of course, getting advertisement because we want to make sure everyone's okay, you know, and you know, if you're, you enjoy the podcasts too. I mean, uh, their education is a very powerful tool, obviously to many people. So don't waste your chance to utilize utilize it if you can. There's some great podcasts out there for learning some new things or great stories as well. Uh, guys, thank you very much for coming on. It's been a, been too long. I need to make sure I get you guys on more frequent frequently from now on. Uh, hopefully, we'll get you for the draft. When oh my that gosh! Happens. Yes, <laughs> when that when that happens. I mean, we were talking before the show. I mean, they might be doing a virtual draft this year. So right. I, yeah. I want to see how that works. I'll that'll be uh, I'm worried that. it might be like a Skype meeting like we're having for work, like Zoom meetings. So oh hopefully my. it's not that way, but my final piece, if they make it like a fantasy football draft where everyone goes to like a like a I don't know, like a Buffalo Wild Wings or where's a bunch of wings and has a board and they just like put a bunch of stickers. They just do like round by round stickers <laughs> up there, you know. <laughs> they don't do it snake, but they just uh, they have a whole board with everything in the right order. And you have Roger Goodell at the front of this long table going, all right, who's next? Uh, <laughs> oh, look at that. Buffalo's trading with Dallas for the f- this fourth round for what? Okay. Wait, you said it again. You had too many wings in your mouth. <laughs> What's that, Jerry? Okay, oh, Jerry, my. thanks. <laughs> That's that would be my ideal virtual draft right there. <laughs> Until next time for uh for Tony Stenius and Michael Grimberg. I'm Zach Kyleman saying so long. Thank you for listening in and for the support. It's been a great year so far, these podcasts. And I know for us three, we're gonna have plenty more episodes together going into this 2020 NFL season. Ladies and gentlemen, you can follow me on multiple social media platforms, including Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter by searching at ZK Podcast. That is at Z-K-P-O-D-C-A-S-T. You can also follow me at my own personal Twitter, which is at Zach Kyleman. That is Z-A-C-H. 
K-E-I-L-M-A-N. That way you can keep up in touch with any of my NFL, XFL, or soon-to-be CFL content. Uh, If you also want to check these podcasts out on YouTube, I'm trying my best to keep up with that. You can look up uh, Pain Train 67 or look up Football for All. Should come up, should be all the podcasts there, and you can check those out at your leisure. Uh, Until next time, guys, again, thanks to Tony and Michael for hopping on. And we got plenty more content to come your way, even with the XFL season being done. As you can tell, I've got plenty of stuff I still want to talk about, and I got plans ahead. Stay tuned. <laughs>